The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. About a podcast, a podcast. that's what it is, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals by a guy who doesn't know how to say words properly and is also running a little bit late on renewing his vehicle registration. Oh, no. Anyway, today is Friday, so normally here we would talk about the Wednesday and Thursday games. However, weirdly enough, there was no game on Wednesday. A bit of a rare occurrence, I think, but there was a game on Thursday, which might be unfortunate because the Royals haven't been playing very well. They haven't been very fun to watch. But the Royals won! The Royals beat the Twins by a score of 3-2. to two. And you know what? Not only was that maybe unexpected, but it didn't even necessarily need to happen. Because, well, I mean, obviously I would like the Royals to win. And I guess if you want to say what the Royals need to be doing. It, they do need to be winning games, but I'm kind of like over expectations at this point. It's like, you know what? We're bad. We might as well just stay bad. What, what, what's the what's the big deal at this point? I'm kind of in like the, the apathy, the apathetic state now where it's just like, you know what? Until the Royals actually make some big changes to this team, like when they make personnel changes and call up the players that we actually want to see. I can't say I care all that much. I mean, I'm going to watch the Royals and I'm going to root for them. I'm excited. I mean, I'm passionate about them still. But, you know, I don't really care about watching this particular team. I guess actually we should get into this um, by announce, by explaining some roster moves because I, I actually completely forgot about it. Completely forgot about this thing that happened. So yesterday, the Royals announced that left-handed pitcher Amir Garrett and outfielder Kyle Isbell are both on the injured list. Um, I don't know if they ever said what happened to those guys. I know, well, I'm pretty sure Kyle Isbell in particular got COVID. Maybe Garrett got COVID as well, because I remember there being like rumors of like, Oh no, some people on the team are showing COVID symptoms or something like that. Um, so again, I don't think they've said what happened, but everyone kind of is like saying, at the very least for Kyle Isbell, it's like, yeah, it's probably COVID. Um, and so they have um, called up in their place right-handed pitcher Dylan Coleman as well as outfielder Brewer Hicklin. And it is important to talk about this because, you know, calling up someone from AAA, a position player, it's not Nick Prado or Vinny Pascantino, so that sucks. And in a way, like, I get it. Like, I, I, I understand it is kind of disappointing. However, I don't see this as a long-term 
move. Like, I don't think the Royals are calling either. Well, maybe maybe Dylan Coleman. D- Dylan Coleman was on the team all- already, so maybe they are just bringing him back for the sake of uh, actually putting him back in the bullpen. Um, even though he hasn't, I don't know, he didn't do much in Omaha. He went down and pitched one inning in Omaha. He did basically nothing. So he was only gone for a couple of days. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Maybe they're just like... Maybe maybe they were just shuffling the bullpen around because we had so many games in a row a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I don't think anyone really cares. <laughs> Admittedly, sorry, sorry, Jalen Coleman. <laughs> no one's really all that interested in uh, uh, hearing about you right now. It's like, all right, welcome back. Uh, just p- pitch well, okay. Um, but Brewer Hicklin, as opposed to Pascantino or Prado, I don't think that the Royals are going to be keeping him on the team long term. When when Michael A. Taylor comes back, which should be soon because he also had COVID, um, they're gonna bring they're gonna send back down Dyron Blanco, and then when Kyle Isbell comes back, they're gonna send down Brewer Hicklin. They're not looking at either of these guys, Blanco or Hicklin, as like, all right, these guys are gonna be here for a while. These are guys that we are actually trying out for you know a long term piece. These are just kind of. You know they're they're just kind of there. They're they're some they're they are depth options basically. Maybe Brewer Hicklin will be like a fourth outfielder. That is kind of maybe some expectation of him, but he's not like a a, a top rated prospect. Maybe there was a a time in the past when he was in the, like the top fifteen of the system as it was still kind of forming with those twenty eighteen draft picks and Bobby Wood Jr. But there's not really any big expectation of him being all that great he strikes out a lot uh can play some all right defense in in all three outfield positions and um i said he strikes out a lot right he also takes some a good amount of walks he actually had a 350 on base in omaha so um hopefully he can at least bring that to the lineup take a few more pitches although yesterday he struck out twice so it's already kind of showing he strikes out a lot um doesn't hit a ton uh, and has maybe a little bit of power. I think he's kind of like a worse version of Khalil Lee. If anyone remembers Khalil Lee when he was around, I th- I kind of think that's the expectation of him. And Khalil Lee wasn't like, like I don't know, maybe in a way we were hoping he would be like a regular outfield player, but it's kind of looking more and more like that's not going to happen as the years go by. And that's kind of why we traded him. And guess what? Khalil Lee is not very good. So um, I would say... That's the bottom line for Brewer Hicklin. Not someone to be particularly excited about, but it's worth trying just to just to cover for some injuries, right? And if the Royals are going to make a short-term decision like that, just to say, hey, we just need some guys to, to, to cover for this team, for, to cover for the guys who got COVID, it's very short. They're only going to be here for like two weeks maximum. Then you know what? It might as well be Hicklin and and Blanco and not Prado and Pascantino. If we call up Pascantino and Prado, they have to be here long term. Like they, the Royals have to be like, all right, these guys are going to be hitting every single day. They are playing every single day. They're in the starting lineup every single day. And obviously, the Royals are not willing to commit to that right now. And I get it. It sucks. I am not agreeing with this whatsoever. I'm just saying in regards to Isbell and Taylor, you don't need to call up Pascantino or Prado for that reason. So there are other reasons to call them up. I uh, totally agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Just not for covering for an outfielder who has COVID. Not right now. 
Um, so that's why those guys are here instead of Pasquantino or Prado. Plus, I don't know if... I think they tried Prado in the outfield a little bit. I don't know if that's... I don't know. I just don't really like the idea of Prado in the outfield too much. I mean, he's just such a great um, athletic first baseman. He's just such a great fielder at that position. It's like... I mean, I know first base isn't like the, the, the sexiest position defensively, but still, might as well. You might as well use what you've got. You know, be optimal about this. I don't know. But kind of is what it is for those guys. So good luck to Mr. Hicklin. I hope he does well. It would be cool if he hit really well and just kind of forced an issue with the world so they could be like, oh man, should we keep playing this guy or do we send him back down even though he's playing well? Uh, I don't know, man. All right, so anyway, so the Royals won the game yesterday. They won a baseball game. And I was kind of saying earlier that they didn't necessarily need to because I don't care all that much. And I was content with this game pretty much the entire way through because the Royals were losing uh, 2 to nothing, And that's not necessarily why I was content with it because, again, it's not like I want to lose necessarily. But look. We have dealt with a lot of freaking nonsense lately. This team has been such lunacy this season, especially in the last week or so. Like, what was it, three games in a row where we had, like, a four-run lead and blew it every single time? Come on, man. We don't even have Scott Blewett on this roster. But Okay, this team has just been frustrating as hell. But, last night, the Royals are simply losing 2 to nothing, And I'm okay with that because at least nothing is pissing me off. There's nothing that I'm getting super upset about. Like, sure, I would like to be hitting better. I don't know who this Danny Smeltzer guy is. Apparently, we can't touch him. But, I don't know, man. I'm just not going to get so worked up over it right now I didn't I just didn't feel like doing that especially because not it's not just the Royals honestly it's just that everything sucks we live in a nightmare hell world and every time I'm reminded of that my mental health deteriorates significantly so let's just say the last couple of days have been quite frustrating for reasons beyond the Kansas City Royals. So to watch a baseball game that is just quiet and non-offensive, it's like, oh, I needed this today. This is fine. This is good even. I don't care that the Royals are losing. It's two to nothing. It's only two to nothing because, you know, the Royals aren't hitting very well, which is fine. We're used to that. And then Daniel Lynch is pitching a very okay game. He's still getting the strikeouts, and he wasn't walking a lot of guys, so that's good, which I, I appreciate. He was getting hit around quite a bit, seven hits in 5.1 innings, and he was really fighting in some of those at-bats. He only he threw 94 pitches and you know couldn't pitch all six innings. But it's fine. It's a very okay start. You know what? I'm fine with that. Totally cool. So I'm okay with the Royals losing two to nothing tonight because 
Sometimes I just want to watch baseball and not even think about it. Baseball is a nice, quiet, relaxing, and peaceful sport. I like watching baseball while doing other stuff. So I booted up CrossCode and started playing that while I had the game on in the back. And I'm like, this is what it's about. This is what it's like being a baseball fan. Just enjoying things. And sometimes it's really hard to enjoy things. So hooray! A drama-free game. However, the Royals finally woke up in the eighth inning as the bullpen came in. And they started to put something together. They started to get something going a little bit. First off, it was uh, it was Emmanuel Rivera. He didn't lead off. There was Carlos Santana let let off, and he lined out. So that's cool. Although even though Santana went zero for four, and that sucks, he was robbed of a double. He was absolutely robbed of a double. The third baseman, Gio Urshela, yeah, he uh. He made a really good play to uh, swipe Santana's double out of the air as it went over him. So, can't be too mad at Santana today for being 0 for 4. Should have been 1 for 4, but the numbers are the numbers. You can't change them. In any case, um, Emmanuel Rivera singles, which is great. Emmanuel Rivera has been such a pleasant surprise. I don't know if he's going to be like, a regular player or anything, but for now, I will absolutely accept him hitting well. I will accept. I, I will accept anything. I will accept anybody hitting well, including. <sighs> Ryan O'Hearn, who uh, pinch hit for Brewer Hicklin, and with two outs, because Nicky Lopez also lined up, with two outs. Ryan O'Hearn singled. He singled. He did it, guys. He did it. The GOAT. The, the greatest pinch hitter ever. He absolutely did it. And what happens afterwards is Blanco comes in to pinch hit to a pinch run for O'Hearn, which is great, actually. I like that move. And then Whit Merrifield doubles through the gap, scores them both, ties the game. Oh. Oh, you love to see it. Oh, it was so good. It might have been Wit's Witt, best hit all season. Probably not, because he has had a couple of home runs. But, man, Whit Merrifield is looking pretty okay again. He is looking pretty okay again. And that is going to be... Oh, wow, 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 wow. I just looked it up. After, seven, after the last 17 games, you know what Whit Merrifield is doing? Since May 10th, when his batting average was 135, Whit Merrifield has been hitting 347. Man, I I said that this was going to happen. I said that Whit Merrifield is going to slump, and then he's going to suddenly hit like 350 for the rest of the season. And maybe he won't hit 350 for the rest of the season. And I and I will definitely admit that his slump went on way, way, way too long. I was like, oh yeah, Whit Merrifield, he'll slump for two weeks and then turn it on. That was a lot longer than two weeks. But, oh. He finally turned it on. It's finally happening. He's finally coming back. But yeah, 347 in the last 17 games. You love to see it. We stand with Merrifield. Yes, I still have hope. Get your trade value up because 
At this point, we really need to trade Whit Merrifield. Please hit well enough so that you can be traded, Mr. Merrifield. In any case, Whit Merrifield ties the game. Great. We love to see it. And then coming up right afterwards is Bobby Witt Jr. And he doubles. He scores Whit Merrifield. We take the lead. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely wonderful. Also, before Bobby, actually, we had Andrew Vanatendi come up and he drew a walk, which is fantastic. It was actually, he went from a, an 0 and 2 count to a walk. So awesome. Benintendi is so good. I love how well Benintendi is hitting. Doesn't he have like a crazy long, well, not like a crazy long on-base streak, but he still has a pretty good on-base streak, I think? Something like that? Uh, how far back does this go? Since May 9th. So that's about, how long, how many games is that? That is, oh, another 17 games. What happened 17 games ago? Is that exactly the moment we fired Terry Bradshaw? No, because that was the Texas series. In any case, looks like uh, Whit Merrifield and Andrew Benintendi have just heated up at the exact same time. Even though Benintendi was already hitting, like, really well. But yeah, Royals take the lead. Take a 3-2 lead all of a sudden. After getting just completely blown out. By some random ass pitcher, they they turn it on with the bull, against the bullpen, and they take the lead. And so eighth inning, Yoel Piamps comes out to pitch. And you know what? I like this move. I like Piamps in the eighth inning in a high leverage situation simply because he's earned it. He has absolutely earned it. Piamps has been carrying this bullpen for the last couple of weeks. Getting these like long relief appearances, pitching two, three scoreless innings in in games where we've really needed to preserve bullpen arms. You know, I've been, I've been very, very pleasantly surprised with Piaps this season. I think I've mentioned this a few times, but he's not someone I expected anything of this season, and he has really been one of the best and biggest surprises this year. So you know what? Him coming out in the eighth inning in a high leverage situation, I like that. I respect that. He's earned it. Because it's not like we can trust a whole lot of other guys in this bullpen right now. Because, you know, we, we, we've we tried Amir Garrett in there. And Amir Garrett not only has failed the last couple of times, but also is uh, I- injured. We tried Colin Snyder for a little bit. We tried Taylor Clark for a little bit. It's like, no, nothing's working. Nothing's working right now. So you know what? Let it be Piamps. I like this decision. I respect it a lot. However, he was bad. Um... He uh, loaded the bases with no outs. Although, admittedly, one of them wasn't his fault. One of them was, the first one actually, was Emmanuel Rivera's fault. Uh, he, it was a grounder to the, to the third, and Rivera couldn't make the throw. He couldn't make the play. So, that's on him. And man, did it immediately set a tone of dread for us. Because everyone's like, oh boy, here it is. Here comes the blown lead. The bullpen that we once thought was so good has been taxed to death and they can't do anything anymore. We only have a one-run lead? Oh, no. This bullpen with like a 15 ERA. No way. No way. And now base is loaded. Nobody out. What can we possibly do? 
How can we possibly fix this? Who can possibly save us? Superman? We don't have Superman, but we do have Scott Barlow. And I know maybe Barlow hasn't had the best outings lately, but who else can we trust? Who else can we turn to? It has to be him. It absolutely has to be him. And you know what? He's probably not going to get it done perfectly. He might give up a bases clearing double. It might just happen, but someone it's probably better than letting Piamps continue to pitch. So there's, there's someone's got to put out this fire one way or another, right? But yeah, nothing, nothing we can do. Nothing else we can do because we already used Stalmont as well. Stalmont pitched very, very well. Got a quick inning, two strikeouts. Awesome. So Scott Barlow comes in and he strikes out the first batter and then he strikes out the second batter. <laughs> oh, man. And they, well, after that, you know what he does after that? He grounds out the third guy. He grounds out Max Kepler. Noble Tiger. No runs scored after the base is loaded. Scott Barlow. I was wrong. He is Superman. He's amazing. He's a freaking relief god. He, you know, I remember um, someone had posted that this year, it's like he's let nine of his 18 inherited run runners score, as opposed to last year when he was just like insane at stranding inherited runners. But this year, nope, nope, not so much. But man, this one made me think, oh boy, oh boy, he's doing it again. The the real Scott Barlow, the the peak Scott Barlow. This is so peak. Scott Barlow. No, it's not. No, it isn't. It is not yet Peak Scott Barlow. You know what Peak Scott Barlow really is? Scott Barlow coming in for another inning and then getting guys on base. <laughs> and then getting guys and runners in scoring position. So it was runners on first and third with two outs. At first it was just one guy on base. One guy on first with one out. And then two outs. Can't turn a double play because uh, the, the pitches he was... Uh, the, the contact he was giving up was too soft for double plays. It was just rolling out through the infield. Too slow for anyone to turn it into a double play. Which is unfortunate. But at least you're still getting outs. At least you're still doing something. But Gary Sanchez, he singles with two outs. So now it's first and third. Not good. And then immediately Gio Urshela is up. 3-0 and count. 3-0. and Oh no. Oh no, he can't do it. I mean, look. Good try to Barlow. But he's at like, he was at 38 pitches. Or 39 pitches at this point. He doesn't He doesn't throw that much. You can't expect your closer or really any reliever to pitch that much. It just, it just doesn't happen. The late relievers don't pitch 40. They'll throw, rather, 40 pitches in one night. 
So, it's not looking good. But, uh, again, like I said, who do you trust? Who else do you go to? I would like to say Colin Snyder, because Colin Snyder is a ground ball god. He is the double play god. He's the Snyder man. Webbing up batters into double plays. But he already did that in the sixth inning. So, he's unavailable. Well, you just have to press on and continue with Scott Barlow. So, 3-0 and count. 3-1 and count. Oh, called strike. Just like Brady Singer. And then... Gio Urshela grounds out to Bobby Witt Jr. He makes a fantastic pick and throws it to second. Game over. Scotty does it. He did it. The two-inning save after inheriting bases loaded with nobody out. After getting two more guys on base in the next inning, he absolutely carried this team to the win. He absolutely carried this bullpen. Man, you love to see it. After days of Yoel Piamps carrying this bullpen, it's time that someone carried Yoel Piamps. Pay that man his amps. He's earned it. I don't know. That made no sense. I was trying to make a... That was peak Scott Barlow. That was just... Man, I said I would like a, a drama-free game, but I will also take a drama-full game that the Royals win, and and win in a not particularly frustrating way. And yeah, that that got the that got the blood pumping, the adrenaline going. I was hype. I'm like, yeah, so excited for every single strike Scotty was throwing, which there weren't a ton of. One thing that does concern me a little bit is that he, like, never threw his fastball. And when he did, it wasn't very fast. So he only he only threw, like, what, three fastballs? It was just sliders. It was just breaking balls one after another from this guy. So it makes me worry a little bit. Um, It would be kind of cool if he uh, got that fastball working again, because he, you know, he kind of does need it maybe but i don't know man for for what for for right now i will just accept it i will take it i am so happy for him and us cuz we really needed this game the 6 game losing streak is over and now it's time to start a, like a 15 game winning streak let's go let's just say nothing is wrong with this team and win 15 games in a row get back over 500 get back in the playoff race and say yeah this team is all right let's not trade andrew benintendi let's uh instead trade asa lacy for some other outfielder or whatever and just like ruin everything for ourselves as we miss the playoffs and finish 78 and 84 and <laughs> Man, I'm going so far ahead of myself. Don't worry, none of this is going to happen anybody. Anyway, it's not gonna, we're not going to win 15 games in a row starting right now. Definitely not. I'm saying this sarcastically to jinx myself because it would still be cool if we did that. But would it help us? Ah, whatever, man. 
in any case, we'll talk about it whenever we get there. Uh, next episode will be on Monday, so we will talk about the remainder of this Twins series. Hopefully it'll continue being a good series, because, you know, we've got our three best pitchers coming up. We've got Brad Keller pitching tonight, then Brady Singer pitching tomorrow would absolutely love it if Singer kept up this absolutely phenomenal performance he's having. He's been having. He's just been looking so good ever since coming back from AAA. 14 consecutive innings. He has not given up a run since coming back from AAA. 14 scoreless. We love to see it. And Zach Greinke will pitch on Sunday. Zach has not been part pitching particularly well lately, so hopefully he can bounce back from that a little bit because this team is better with Zach Greinke pitching well. So we'll talk about those games when we get to them. But for now, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Send a message. Say hello. I would really love to hear that or read that because I can't hear your emails, I don't think. Anyway, thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and go Royals! Go! Sweep them like Morbius, Royals! <laughs>